It seems, talking about certain characters, especially when it comes to Sonic's romance, you know, in the franchise, has become the common theme lately. And recently, uh, Splashdash, I think that's his name, did a video. And again, just like, you know, with PJ, with the PJ show and, you know, Native Fall, I have to... I have to give my thoughts on it. I have to give a reply to it because it's really interesting. And the reason it's really interesting is because in the quotations is the title that I'm applying to of said video. And that is, should Sonic have a girlfriend? Yeah, I'm not lying. Like I said, I'm not lying here. It basically asks, should Sonic have a girlfriend? And he touched upon three um, characters that Sonic has had, I guess you could say, romantic tendencies with. One being Amy, the other being Sally, and surprisingly the third, Elise. That's right, Elise. But why would he bring these up? Why would he touch upon them in the way that he did? Well, with Amy... He basically kind of, I guess you could say, further elaborated more on what PJ had said and further elaborated, I should say, more on what Native Fall said. And that is the fact that, well, Amy, during certain periods of her run in the games, mostly like in the 2010s at times, well, mid-2000s to, I would say, mid-2010s, basically a decade worth, uh, she was portrayed and looked at as someone that just, you know, would follow Sonic anywhere he went. And that everything she did was for Sonic and nothing else. Yes, just like I believe Native Fall and even, even PJ Show pointed out, Sonic Adventure 2 was probably her best outing along with Sonic Adventure. But they even said... They even said, all of them, including Splashdash here, that even though it was somewhat of her best outings, Sonic Adventures 2 still retained the fact that she was doing everything for Sonic. Now, like I said, they did touch upon the decade of the mid-2000s to, in my, from my point of view, the mid-2010s, where she basically was very stockish. She was basically like, you know, she's going to follow Sonic everywhere and do what she can to get him to agree to marry her and be his, be her husband. She could be his wife and stuff like that. You know, using clips from the cutscenes of Sonic Heroes where she says, you know, she can keep his, keep her eye on him. You know, basically, I think it was Sonic Heroes or Sonic Riders. No, it was Sonic Riders is what it was. It was Sonic Riders, I believe. And then Sonic Heroes, where she's basically tracking him down with her team and telling him there's no chance of getting out of marrying her and, and stuff like that. And yes, those moments, I will admit, were not the best interpretation of Amy. But I will say, I will say this, in, and they've said it too, the best interpretation did come a little later in the IDW books, Sonic Frontiers, Forces, and even before that, somewhat with Sonic X, because we kind of saw like a mixture of what made uh, a lot of fans hate Amy as a character, but also we started to see a little bit of what made you know Amy very popular with fans, and you know to me that's kind of like a decent balance. It's a decent balance. There's no getting around that. Very decent balance. 
that's not enough, if that's not enough, the one thing, once again, that none of them have pointed out on is the fact that Amy did show a little bit of what we see in the IDW books, Forces and Frontiers, in the later issues of Archie Sonic, mostly starting with as I pointed out many times before, issue 222, which she came to the aid of Sonic and Sally so that they can go and enjoy their date, despite you know being questioned afterwards by someone as to who she is and why she would allow this, and her answer being, in my opinion, a very mature one, that as long as Sonic's happy, that's all that matters to her, but that deep down, she still believes someday it will happen, that they will be together, but this is just something that if it's going to make him happy, She's okay with that. And also later on during the whole Mecca Sally arc, if you will, or the World Tour 2, Death Egg Mark 2, Mecca Sally arc, you know, as you know, if you want to use a long-term name for it, she definitely showed maturity there. Yes, did she have a moment here and there? No doubt. But that was outshined by her maturity and growth as a character. And that's something that has to be appreciated. And we can see that Ian Flynn took that side of Amy and incorporated it later on into the IDW books, Frontiers, and I think by association, Forces. He even took it and incorporated it into several episodes of Boom that he wrote for as well. And I think even the other writers took inspiration from that too. But with that said, with that said, they did agree that, you know, Amy kind of had those tendencies that really basically made him more of, you know, I'm going to do this all for Sonic so that Sonic notices me kind of deal. However, however, when they got to Sally, that basically is, like I said, in all fronts, except for PJ, who was more focused on, you know, doing his character analysis on Amy, both Splashdash and Native Fall both agreed in a way that the Sally-Sonic dynamic was a little bit more uh, fleshed out, a little bit more balanced. That with the Satyam cartoon, it was more of, well, you could tell that they like each other, they have a thing for each other, if you will, but it's played off to, will they, won't they, and we all know what the answer was at the end you know, of the show at that time. But when it came to the comics, Splashdash pointed this out, and I think Nada Fall did too to an extent. When it came to the comics, the comics full-on dived right into that relationship. It was like no holds bar, if you will, when it came to the relationship, if you will. I mean, they bring up – I mean, both of them. You know, have brought you know brought up the uh, infamous slap moment at 134, and Splashdash basically said it was one of those situations to where it was like, you know, you never knew what was going to happen next, and even pointed out, and this is true, that the book would take a break from adventure stories to focus on the romance in the book itself, mostly with Sonic and Sally, even bringing up the whole oh Sally married Antoine deal, but. Here's one thing I have to correct them on with that. And I'm sure they're aware of it, but if not, the Antoine she was marrying, as confusing as it sounds, was a false Antoine. It was a phony Antoine. It was an Antoine from another dimension that was evil, who got the name later on of Patch. It was only there because Sonic's evil doppelganger from the same dimension switched him out with the real Antoine, and thus, this doppelganger Antoine saw an opportunity to prove that he could do something that, well, 
Scourge, as he would be later known as, but at the time when this happened, was known as Evil Sonic, couldn't do, and that's rule a kingdom, manipulate his way into a kingdom. Show that he can be what Evil Sonic, later on known as Scourge, never would be. But that was basically foiled when Sonic pretty much, you know, saw that this was not the real deal after noticing a hypodetic, hypodetic, hypodetic needle hidden in the sleeve of the evil of the evil version of Antoine to try to poison the newly appointed King Elias, Sally's brother in the comics, in the Archie book, you know, who had come back to reclaim the throne after finding out what was going on. Now, with that said, as confusing as that sounds, that's one thing they, you know, forgot to mention. The other thing that they touched upon is in the timeline, it's alluded to, or at least it's basically confirmed in the future, that is, Sonic and Sally get together and have kids. Now, Here's the thing. That, my friends, Splash Dash, Native Fall, that is up for debate because you see, you could tell people to the blue in the face uh, that that is true continuity. That is true confirmation. You could tell people to the blue in the face. The fact is, though, it's like I said, it's up for debate because when Ken Penders was writing that story, Ken basically wanted to make it confer- wanted to, indeed, I should say, make it official. He wanted to make what was known as Mobius 25 years later originally. He wanted to make that the true canon future, but didn't get a chance to finish it. And when Ian Flynn came on board, yeah, he finished it, but then alluded to the fact that. It was going to be more along the lines of an alternate timeline, an alternate dimension, identical to the prime one, but set in the future, and more of a what-if verse is what it was. It was more of a what-if verse, not not just an alternate universe, but a what-if. You know, basically showing of or showing the fact of this could be what happens, but we're not sure. So that's up for debate. But still, the one thing they all agreed upon, that being Native Fall and recently what I'm looking at, Splash Dash here, is that Sally was basically, her relationship with Sonic was the perfect balance. And even acknowledged the fact that even with the reboot, you could tell there is still some attraction between the two, but because of the mandates, and that was one of the main reasons for the video that Splash Splash Dash did, because of the mandates, even though the, you can kind of see that they have some kind of like attraction to each other, flirtatious attraction, not much like they used to, they can't really show it because of hey, you know this is a new um, this is a new reset, and we're not going to dive into that anymore, except for certain characters like Bunny and Antoine. But then he brings up Elise. He brings up Elise, and that's always been an interesting uh, topic, if you will, because not everybody enjoyed the fact that they, in, in probably the most infamous Sonic game ever, the most infamous Sonic game ever, that they were teasing 
a possible relationship between a human princess or overlander princess and Sonic, an anthropomorphic hedgehog. Now, yes, this is the game where Silver made his debut. It's the first game where Blaze made her true on console, basically full console debut. Yeah, she debuted in Russian in Sonic Rush, which was a, a DS handheld game. But she made this was her first on console, basically her first appearance on consoles like you know PS3 and you know Xbox 360 stuff like that. It was the first time doing that, as far as I know. But the thing about the game along with the story, was the focus on the budding romance between both Sonic and Elise. And how Elise, basically, because she had lost everybody in her life, attached herself to Sonic in a way that, you know, kind of gave off the vibes that she was falling for him. Even at the final, one of the final cutscenes, before she blows out the last candle, the last flame, if you will, thus resetting things as if they, as if the events they just went through never happened, she basically said, you know, she doesn't care if the world basically died, was, you know, blown apart, heart, as long as she can have a moment with Sonic or something like that. But, you know, thankfully she blew out the, the flame and reset things as if the events never truly happened. But, getting back on point, getting back on point here, he brings it up because she basically was more along the lines of a love interest that just allowed herself to be a damsel in distress. And that's it. Now, he didn't touch upon that one part where, yes, it looked like Sonic died, and she basically had to use her kiss to wake him up or bring him back to life. And that's what she did. It, and it was the, and the one thing they didn't mention along with that, you know, not mentioning the kiss, though, as well, is it was the first full-on kiss on the lips between, you know, Sonic and another character in the series. But... Point, point, uh, but back to point, I should say, back to the point, you know, they basically said that she was just there to be like a damsel in distress, always having to be rescued. You know, it was like, they showed the one scene where she basically allows herself to fall out of uh, um, Eggman's mobile, um, mobile ship, a little mobile uh, mobile, if you will, his mobile airship, if you will. And she gets caught by, knowing she'll get caught by Sonic and stuff. And I know people are going to say, well, you know, the way she acts, you know, according to these people uh, in the game, it sounds very similar to Chris Thorndike. Yeah, in a way it does. Because if we all remember what Chris Thorndike did, you know, at the end of season two, yeah, that kind of, you know, is very similar. But... Just like Chris, Elise, you know, acknowledged that she has to let things, you know, uh, reset and be as if nothing really happened kind of deal. Just like Chris had to accept the fact that, hey, I can't keep Sonic, you know, in my world um, any more than, than he would keep me in, my, in his world because he needs to be there kind of deal. But, yeah, the Elise relationship was very, very interesting. You know, to, to to talk about, or to hear, you know, I should say, Splash Dash talk about, because, again, you know, it was, again, the way they look, looked at it, her role was more of a damsel in distress. 
You know, but she only did a few things here and there as a contribution, but mostly she was there to be rescued. They did touch upon the interaction between her and Amy and how they both kind of admitted about liking a certain guy, but kind of telling it differently, not realizing they were both talking about the same guy, you know, in a sense. But yeah, the overall video by Splashdash, I will admit, was very intriguing. I mean, again, he did touch upon some of the same points that Native Fall and PJ uh, touched upon when he came to Amy. You know, he did touch upon some of the same points, a few different points, but the same points that Native Fall did when he came to Sally. But adding in Elise, that was kind of a surprise because, again, when you think about potential love interest for Sonic, you know, yeah, Elise is there, but she's not like in a top three category. No. Elise is looked at as someone like way at the bottom. In fact, if you want to put someone like in a top three category for, for Sonic or even a top five, here's how it would go. Your top five, if you will, or at least your uh, five romantic possibilities for Sonic in the eyes of a lot of folks goes like this. Sally, Amy... Bunny, Mina, and believe it or not, believe it or not, I'm I'm not joking you here. I'm not joking you here, okay? Hey, I'm not joking you here. Fiona. Those are the five. Amy, Sally, Bunny, you know, Mina, and Fiona. Those are the five. And only two of them, only two of them were part of the three that Splash Dash talked about. That being Amy and Sally. But yeah, the question that, you know, they're asking, should Sonic have a relationship? Or should have a girlfriend? Well, he kind of looked at it in a way that, you know, again, it's a good video and you should check it out. Uh... But the way he looked at it basically is the fact that, yeah, you know, there's no excuse not to give him a relationship. You know, you know, he kind of joked about the fact that, yeah, it's like, you know, not giving him pants and all that to wear, you know, as part of his design, as part of his character. But, yeah, he basically felt like there was no, you know, no reason not to want to give him some kind of, you know, reason to save the world, or at least somebody to encourage him to save the world. Someone that he could have playful banter back and forth from and, you know, with, I should say, and, you know, kind of give off the vibe that, yeah, there might be something there more than friendship. I mean, he didn't see no problem with it, and you know what? Neither do I. And I'm basically, as you know, a fan more so of Sonic and Sally as an item than Sonic and Amy. But, as I've mentioned before, I have no problem with Sonic and Amy being a couple depending on the media. I mean, I'll put it this way. When Sonic X was around, yeah, I kind of wanted to see it happen. Because especially with the third season's presentation of Amy, I thought, hey, if Sonic's going to end up with Amy in some way, if they're going to allow it, this is the Amy they should give him. And that's what they did. They gave him that Amy. Well, at least they hinted at the fact that they gave him that Amy. I'm not saying they did, but still, you get the idea. But, yeah. The point is, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it, okay? I mean, heck, if they wanted to go, and if the Archie comic books wanted to do this, they really wanted to extend on this for as long as they wanted to, um, originally, had things not changed. If they wanted to tease more so a Sonic and Bunny deal... I wouldn't have had no problem with that. 
I mean, you take out the situation with evil Sonic and Bunny, and you just focus on Sonic and Bunny after that one kiss where he she gives him after he rescues her and everything. If they wanted to build upon that a little bit more, tease the fact that there could be something there, I don't have no problem with it. I don't have no problem whatsoever. You know, if you wanted to do that. If you wanted to tease more like they did with Mina and Sonic, cool there. I'm cool with that too. If you wanted to tease more with him and Fiona without turning her bad, that's good too. The point is, I have no problem whatsoever. I have no problem whatsoever. As long, and I will admit this, the end goal, like it was with 122, where I got really excited, I will admit that. Or 123, I should say, where I got really excited about it. The end goal is he ends up with Sally. That, that personally, for me, should be the main goal. should be the main, you know, direction they go in with the character relationship-wise. Now, Splash Dash did also talk about the fact that, you know, there were love triangles. One with Antoine and Satyam and other potential students like Griff. Um, and they also, and, he, and Splash Dash also touched, uh, touched upon, it's easy for me to say, also touched upon Jeffrey St. John. And how he came into the picture. Same thing, I think, Nate of Fall touched upon that as well. But yeah, they touched upon that and how they kind of played a role in the Sonic Sally deal. But, you know, didn't really matter in the end. Uh, overall, you know, overall, they, you know, they, they just, like I said, they talked about them. The connection, kind of joked about why, you know, we would want to see something like that. And that was about it. And basically... Like I said, the gist of this video is to ask the question, should he have a girlfriend? And, you know, again, I'm with Splashdash on this. I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think anybody else has a problem with it. I think the only thing that holds it back is the mandates. And you know what? What who And his thing, despite who you think came up with the mandates, whether it was Sega themselves or it was Ian Flynn, who knows, who, you know, just made up the mandates to get people off his case. I will say this, if the mandates are kind of slowly going away and they're starting to allow more Western influence, you know, I wouldn't mind if one of the ideas they come up with is to pair Sonic off with somebody. Whether it is a more matured version of Amy Rose that we see in Forces and Frontiers and IDW, not a problem. If it's bringing in a character like Sally in IDW, not a problem. You know, again, I have nothing against it. And I don't think anybody else does too. But yeah, overall, in closing, guys, I know this audio video, if you will, podcast uh, reply to Splash Dash's video was all over the place. I do apologize for that. Uh, but I just wanted to give my thoughts on it overall. You know, kind of, you know, kind of give you an idea of where I'm coming from with it. But yeah, the video over uh, the the video itself was good, and like I said, I think you should really check it out. I really do. So yeah, in closing, I don't have a problem with it. I think if you're going to give characters something to help them develop further on in other media that represents them or is part of the franchise, you should at least go in that direction and give it a shot, in my opinion. But. Let me know what your thoughts are, guys. How do you feel about, you know, the video Splash Dash did? Do you think Sonic should have a girlfriend? Or do you think maybe, as Splash Dash puts it, puts it at the end, do you think maybe he should, he's better off just being a free spirit? You know, basically being like, yeah, you know, I could have a relationship, but right now I'm living a life that really doesn't have time for that or something. What are your thoughts?
Let me know down below in the comments as well as in the live chat. Don't forget to like the video. Support me over at Venmo at Brian Warmer Two Cash App at BWRoses98. Like I said, you will get an audio podcast version of this at BWRoses Discussions, which you can find at all your favorite audio plat- audio podcast platforms except for Pandora. Also support me support me and find me over at DeviantArt.com slash BVW1979. Vimo at BWRoses. And until next, and also check out the Teespring store too, guys. And until next time, I will talk to y'all later.